Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. You are listening to the third episode of Unwelcome Visitor, Pandemic in the UK's Playground, a podcast series taking a look at the events of the past 12 months. Each week, we will speak to a variety of guests and look at what life in lockdown has been like for those living in Devon and Cornwall. This week, we will be highlighting the incredible work of NHS staff and care home workers during the pandemic. And we will be getting an insight into what it's been like for police officers and politicians working during this period. One key group who have been working tirelessly through the pandemic is the police force. Hello, my name is PC John Hitt, uh, currently uh, an NBM, Neighbourhood Beat Manager for uh, the location of Mutley Greenbank, based at Charles Cross Police Station in Plymouth. During the pandemic, the police have, on occasion, had to deal with people using coronavirus as a weapon against them. You know, right from day one, once it became quite apparent that, you know, this could be used as a tool in the wrong hands, those people, those types of people were, were, were quite happy, you know, using it against us. You know, um, myself, you know, I've been bitten, I've been spat at on, on more than one occasion. And I know I speak for my response colleagues and my neighbour teams and other officers in the front line. You know, that's something that we face on a daily basis and it's something that's still now to this day being used against us. Over the past 12 months, the police have had to adapt to a new way of working and new issues as restrictions came in. I think COVID policing for us um, just adds a further aspect to what would be normal everyday policing matters for our normal daily business. Mm. So obviously take out um, your, 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 your theft from shop crimes, there's obviously going to be a reduction in road crime as a, as a result of what we would hope to see, less traffic on the roads, etc. But that normal daily business that we, we encounter, we deal with, still exists. For us, it was all about sort of dealing with people fairly and uh, making sure that you know, we weren't alienating people by coming in heavy-handed. Um, it's, a new, it's a new thing for all of us at the end of the day, for the general public, for us as the police, we're all, we're all in this together. You know, it's about making sure, ensuring people understand the rules, the regulations, and, and kind of, you know, educating really, as opposed to us taking any, any enforcement. Um, obviously, there's been times when we've had to. There are people that are blatantly floating those rules, blatantly um, thinking that they're beyond um, having to adhere to those rules and regulations. Um, you know, but those, those people are minor, they're in the minor sector of the public. Mm. Um, and quite often they're the same people that we, we tend to come across on a regular basis. The police have worked hard to support communities as rules and regulations changed throughout the lockdown. Um, but as COVID has progressed and as we've had, you know, more than one lockdown, the dynamics have changed. Um, you know, we've got people that are now, that have now received the vaccine, etc. 
Um, this is obviously the, the good weather's coming around again. Um, so obviously we're seeing a little bit more of a of an increase in in the volume of foot traffic and, and to be be quite honest, you know, vehicular traffic as well. So um, I think people are, are kind of now building up a little bit of confidence. It's um, it's presented us with something that we've never had to deal with before. You know, we've had to adapt, we've had to improvise, we've had to deal with 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 the situations as 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 they presented to us, and we've had no other option to. Yes, we have come into in for criticism, but we as the police will ordinarily not always, you know, um, please everybody, unfortunately. Um, but you know, we're there to do to a job where they had to safeguard people, ensure that we keep people safe and you know if, if we've learned anything through this is is that we can obviously apply different kind of techniques and different kind of measures to, to our, our, our policing styles. When coronavirus first hit the southwest, it was difficult to predict the impact it would have on our everyday lives. I'm Ruth Harrell, I'm the Director of Public Health at Plymouth City Council. Ruth has worked hard to make sure that coronavirus guidance is understood and followed by the people of Plymouth. Well, it's been a hell of a year for all of us, hasn't it, really? Um, I think we we first started to hear the signs, didn't we, from what was happening in China um, in the the very beginning of the year. And I remember watching that unfold. And, and, you know, you, you almost have that sense of this could this could come, this could hit us. So you start to think about what the things we need to do to be prepared. But actually... I, I just I just didn't have a sense at that point of the, the, the magnitude of what we were about to face. Like many, Ruth was astonished at how quickly a vaccine was made available. But she also recognises that other important work has faced considerable setbacks due to the way that the coronavirus crisis demanded our attention. One of the things that I didn't predict was how quickly a vaccine would be available and, and tested. And that's because you don't you don't appreciate what the worldwide effort of the scientific community can do when they all pull together, which is, you know, thank goodness what happened. There's a lot of things that we've had to put on hold as well in terms of the bigger public health issues. Um, one of the things, you know, there's a massive push on um, inequalities and, of course, Thrive Plymouth, our 10 year campaign for tackling health inequalities. That obviously had to go a little bit on the back burner because, a lot of that relies on us really being able to be out and about and engaging. But it was, you know, when you when you thought about it from a personal point of view, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a normal human as well. I didn't have any massive insight that, that other people didn't. And um, having a chronic condition myself as well, you you know, you you just didn't know quite what we needed to do. And it was a little while before we knew, you know, who needed to really sh- um, completely shield, and all of all of that sort of thing. Uh, so you know, we basically settled in for the you know for the long run at being at home. We've been lucky both with um, some of our geography that means that the virus perhaps hasn't come in as much, but we've also been lucky with a fantastic population who actually care about each other. And I, I think that is something about maybe about the southwest. It's such a long way to go to you know to move to the next sort of urban centre that I think we actually do you know Plymouth is made up of a of a city full of villages where people care about each other still, and I think that's massively um, helped and the one thing I think people need to be really careful is over the next month six weeks two months just be really really careful that you don't overstep um, that the I've said before um, that, that there's a, a don't don't do don't just feel you have to do the maximum that you're allowed to do 
it's not it doesn't work like that do the minimum that you can do for your own mental health and obviously you know many people are having to be out there working and i completely understand that but thinking about what what do you have a choice over and can you just limit that as much as possible across the world the daily death tolls at the height of the pandemic will be a particularly painful memory one of the things that I will always remember from from the last year is that that feeling at about 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 four o'clock or so in the afternoon when we've been in those high rates across the country, knowing that that the figures are going to come through. And there's that you, you hear the figures of the number of people that have died across the country. And then you sort of think, oh, how does that compare to the day before and that sort of thing? And then it hits you that these are all individual people with families and lives that they were living. And that I found that quite hard. And the vaccine, the absolute, we absolutely know that the vaccine will stop that level of deaths. I'm not saying there won't be any deaths, but it will reduce that number right down. Um, and so that that is that is obviously, you know, really, really positive. And it does mean that we're in a very different place this March than we were last March. Um, and so there will be a way through this, it, but it won't necessarily be completely seamless without any problems to come. But, you know, we're used to dealing with the peaks and the troughs and we'll get there. During the first lockdown, we clapped for key workers. Jude Fewings is the consultant therapist for neurosurgery and a specialist in rehabilitation at Dareford Hospital. She has been the lead for the COVID respiratory rehab and discharge team since the beginning of the pandemic. I am immensely proud of all my teams and their achievements, but I have to express how hard the whole hospital has worked during this pandemic. Yes, I can explain about the covered respiratory rehab and discharge team. I can tell you about the new patient information that was put together in a day and our links to the community respiratory teams to ensure that patients had support and follow up on discharge. I can tell you about the team's resilience in working in such physically and emotionally draining circumstances and working every other weekend. Their exclusion from other non-COVID area colleagues to ensure that the highest standards of infection control and protection were maintained. But it also has to be said that surrounding us across the hospital, there were many other teams like cogs in a massive wheel. It takes every individual in the trust, whether they were working from home or face to face with hospitalised patients to make the system work. Over time, nurses developed ingenious ways to bring positivity back into the hospital during its darkest time. Rehab Legend is a way of publicising the daily work of our amazing staff within the NHS, but also a method of motivating patients. We aim to make getting better or recovering after illness or accident something fun, sometimes it's competitive, and with a reward for staff and for patients alike, and it recognises their efforts. Kate Tanton is a specialist sister in ICU rehabilitation in intensive care and works with Jude on the COVID respiratory rehab and discharge team. Rehab Legend is a campaign that started with a really simple ethos to celebrate everyday excellence and progress in rehabilitation. We believe that everyone can be a rehab legend irrespective of role, designation or location. All you have to do is promote, enhance and support rehabilitation. We started in 2018 with 50 plastic badges and now we're a global and a UK-wide campaign supporting and sharing patient stories that positively promote rehabilitation. The staff at Dereford Hospital found it important that patients did not lose touch with the outside world during recovery. 
Plymouth Hospital's NHS Trust has been quite unique during its response to COVID, having our multidisciplinary rehabilitation team supporting all of our COVID patients, irrespective of which unit they were in or whether they're in intensive care, has been quite phenomenal. We've had fantastic outcomes for our patients and we've been able to really humanise their care while they're in hospital. One of the ways that we've been able to humanise that care is to be able to support our patients to get fresh air. So we've been taking patients all the way through the pandemic in the last year outside. And for us, that's really important because it shows them the future they've got, the future outside of intensive care and outside of the hospital. And it allows us to bring their relatives in when appropriate to be able to see them and to support them with their rehabilitation. We know that our patients love the garden and I took two patients outside just yesterday and you know, every single time we take patients outside, it's just so moving for everyone. I'm incredibly proud of the team that I work with and Plymouth Hospitals NHS Trust. And the reason I'm proud is because everyone during this whole pandemic has come together and worked in a way that we've never seen before. And we have been able to work more collaboratively, more cohesively, whether you're working in hotel services as a domestic engineer or whether you're a consultant or whether you're a professor or whether you're an exec. Everyone has been supportive and has been coming together to make it better for patients. Michelle Ray works at a care home in Cornwall. The pandemic had a huge effect on those living and working in care homes across the country. Nobody knew how it would impact on care homes. I think um, so maybe that they couldn't predict the outcome that it would have. You know, none of us in our wildest dreams thought that it would come in the door and just cause such devastation. Um, so maybe that's why they thought the hospitals were going to be the fuller. But, you know, it was a really difficult time for the home and for the residents and for the families, really. Michelle gave us an insight into how care home workers coped by sticking together during the darkest days of the pandemic. She revealed that some staff did not return to their families for two months to protect vulnerable loved ones. We all clung on to each other, if I'm totally honest, because we we stayed at the home. Some of the care staff who had vulnerable family members who were sleeping on the premises um, so that they didn't see them and some of them didn't go home for two months. We all learned to look after each other and I think some of those things that we forget on a day-to-day basis about being kind, you know, and I think the epidemic has brought out some really good qualities in people. I, I, you know, I've worked with lots of teams in my time, but actually this team just blew me away with the amount of self-sacrifice, you know, just to make sure that everyone was safe. Michelle also recognises the work of the unsung heroes within the care industry. Our housekeepers have been amazing because the amount of decontamination and extra cleaning and extra jobs that they have to do just to keep, you know, keeping all the laundry separate, keeping everything separate, um, it's a huge task. It doesn't, it's not just the care, it's everything else just to make sure that everything, we follow every procedure. We're building a memorial garden, but unfortunately, due to COVID, that's a bit on hold at the minute. But it's also about those remaining residents who suddenly, when they did come out of their room, their, their friends mm. weren't there. You know, we had lots of lovely letters from families to say, thank you, I'm really glad that yours was the last hand that Dad held mm. or whatever. But that's no substitute for it being somebody's wife, mother, brother. The pandemic has been a truly heartbreaking time for so many people. For Plymouth MP Johnny Mercer, however, the goodness of those living and working in the city shone through. So this year has been very, very different to 
any other. The office has never been busier. We've never done more casework. Um, and we've all had to, you know, ask the local authority, the hospital, uh, the key workers. You know, we've all had to pull together as one big team. And I've been really proud, actually, of how so many people in, in, in Plymouth and in key positions in Plymouth have done that. It's been, you know, the hardest, um, most challenging year for many of my constituents um, that they've ever seen. Um, and, uh, you know, what little I've been able to do to help them um, has been a privilege. Like many, Johnny also welcomed a new child during the height of the pandemic last summer. Obviously, I think uh, lots of mums in Plymouth have gone through being pregnant and then giving birth during the COVID crisis. And that, that has brought with it a whole set of other challenges and, and worries. And uh, we've been through that as well. We've been rewarded with a, a beautiful little girl, um, Audrey. And, uh, you know, Felicity is the um, absolute bedrock um, of the family and is an incredible mother. And consequently, Audrey is settling in nicely but uh it's yeah it's it's you know it's, i've got three girls now you know our, our family continues to grow and people in plymouth you know have been incredibly kind i know you know you, you see some stuff i get at a national level in terms of um you know some unpleasantness and th- things sent to me and so on i must say i have never experienced anything like that um in person um in plymouth who you know people around here have always been so kind to myself and my family and uh, I'm just grateful for the kindness they've shown again this year with cards and flowers and all sorts of things at difficult moments in the year. And, it, you know, it is just such a privilege doing this job and representing the city that I love. Johnny says he hopes that the end is in sight and recognises the way that people in the southwest handled the pandemic. I'm just really proud of the people of Plymouth, their resilience, uh, their determination. I hope, you know, I do feel now we're beginning to crest this wave Um I think, I hope by spring, uh, certainly by Easter, when uh, people have had a vaccine, that uh, things will go back to normal um, and we can have a fantastic year next year and make up for all the things we missed this year. You have been listening to Unwelcome Visitor, pandemic in the UK's playground. Next week, we'll be looking at the hidden cost of COVID, speaking to teachers, artists, and those who have been homeless and finding out more about their experiences during this unique point in history. If you have a story to tell, get in touch via our Devon Live, Plymouth Live or Cornwall Live Facebook pages.